Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no watering spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob on top of the hydrant We was wild on the side of a lot Then the streets Welcome back, all my do-dadders Future fathers, potential parents And everyone else tuning in This is episode 10 of Dad Heart with a podcast yes ladies and gentlemen that's 10 weeks strong we've been going with the pod it is week 15 that i am here in fatherhood i say it every week but thank you all so very much for tuning in i really appreciate it um and while i'm giving thanks i want to thank every single person that came out to see myself and my band Firehouse this past Friday, November 15th at the Cutting Room. The show was absolutely on fire. The crowd was on fire. The band was on fire. Our friends was on fire. And the Lower East Side Girls Club, ladies, you came and you did your thing. Shout out to Kaylin who came in and actually sang with us. She's been with the club since since uh, she was, I don't know, a young, young girl. And now she's singing up on stage with us. She was absolutely phenomenal. So thank you for that. Um, I don't have the final numbers yet, but like we raised almost three, four grand, I want to say. Maybe even more than that for the Lower East Side Girls Club. All of the proceeds went to that. So thank you very much. Everybody that came out, enjoyed yourselves, enjoyed the show, and most importantly, gave your dollars to the to the Lower East Side Girls Club because they do fantastic things. Uh, their facility is incredible. I'm very excited to go down and take my daughter to go take a tour of the facility. So, you know, definitely follow them, support them. Uh, they're doing fantastic things for young ladies um, all over New York City. So, you know, definitely check them out. I'm definitely getting more involved. Hopefully the band will be doing something else for them uh, or with them uh, very soon. So shout out to everybody that came. We thank you greatly. Uh, It was just a phenomenal and magical night. So I appreciate that. We all appreciate that. Um, And now last thanks. Thank you to my last week's guest, Mr. Patton Corrigan, my first expecting father. Yes, that is going to be the first installment of a series of To Be or Dad To Be's, which is the title of the podcast. That was part one. There's going to be a part two very soon. Um, um, yeah. Thank you everybody for listening to that. Thank you for Patton for coming on the show. Um, this was, this week was fucking phenomenal because we had in back-to-back days our highest amount of listens for this show in particular it was like 335 in one day and then 360 in another day and that might not sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things and, and grand scheme of podcasts but for just little old me who's only 10 weeks into this thing 10 episodes in that's fucking awesome. That's over almost 700 listens in two days. Um, you know, almost at the, I think got over a thousand listens for the week, if memory serves me correct. So everybody, thank you very much. 
Keep fucking listening. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. And this week, my guest is going to be no slouch either. Um, his story is super interesting. I'll get more into that and he'll come up after the break. But as always, you know we are available on all podcasting uh, platforms now. Um, and please, 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 ladies and gentlemen, if you have iTunes or you're listening to me on iTunes, please throw it on. Give me a five-star rating. Drop a little comment. You know, it might not mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to me. You know, it just opens up more possibilities for the podcast. The more comments we get, the more five-star reviews. So, you know, um, and I'd love to open up a little bit more possibilities for this thing, especially since you guys uh, listening are, are really loving it. So definitely throw on your throw it on your iTunes. Drop me a five-star. Give me a, a comment. If you don't think I deserve a five-star, don't give me a five-star. Give me a two-star. I don't care, but you know what? Drop a comment. Let me know. Give me some suggestions for what you want to hear that will make it better for you and make it more intriguing to eventually get that five star from you because that's all I want to do. I want to try to evolve this show every single week. So that's what we're doing. Do that for me. Hook me up. Do me that favor, that little solid. I'll give you a you know fist bump over the airwaves and we'll play it like that. Um, and always, if you want to connect, you know where to get me at. Send me an email, suggestions if you want to come on the show. I've gotten a few hit-ups over the past couple of weeks. New dads, uh, ex- uh, experienced dads um, that do some really cool things that have all you know shown interest and wanting to get on the show. So that's dadhardpod at gmail.com. And then also on Instagram, a lot of DMs have been coming through. Um, and I'm getting a, a few cool guests from that uh, that'll come down later in the pipeline. So that's uh, dadhardpod on Instagram. Um, check out the Facebook page where you get updates on everything and all the Instagram content feeds through the Facebook there also. So that'll be facebook.com slash dadhardpod. All right, enough is enough. Let's get right into this. Um, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet for week 15 because I want you to hear the entirety of the interview with my guest in full and it's a little bit longer than I normally go with it, but I just think that his situation is so interesting and is so different from what most parents experience that I think it's very important for everybody that's thinking about being a parent or is a parent themselves, um, you know, to think about their, their situation because they actually live, you know, 2000 plus miles away from any family support system at all whatsoever. And the way that they have gone about dealing it and way raising their daughter is fucking phenomenal. Um, so I just think it's an important story to tell. So I'm gonna keep my section short, sweet, concise, as I possibly can, because you know I love to fucking talk. Um, but I'm gonna keep it short and sweet and concise and get get very right into into the guest segment. But before we do that, I will jump into this is week 15 of me being a father. Um, and this week has been really cool because the maturation of my daughter has just been so much more rapid than what it's been in the past. You know what I mean? It's been like week to week week to 10 days to two weeks, whatever this, she's like changing and evolving like every three days. And I was warned that this was going to happen, you know, like that the maturation becomes a lot quicker once they get over that three month hump and what they call that fourth trimester. And I didn't really believe it, but now I, I do because I'm seeing it happen. Um, you know, there were a couple of things in particular that I noticed where she's really, really, really maturing at a rapid rate. And like all of a sudden out of nowhere, 
bonk like that. She's like doing more things and 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 uh, uh, just like maturing into this person, you know. Um, and number one is that she's just getting more focused on things, right? Previously, for the last three and a half months, you know, she's like I said, she's fifteen weeks now, and for the last three and a half months, she's really just been like like a cat following a laser pen, you know what I mean? Like her face just darting everywhere, you know, like you try to play with her for one toy, she's already looking at the next thing or she's looking up at the light or she's looking at the TV. Well, she still looks at the TV, so we got to had to cut that off. There's there's no TV during like play or, you know, uh, when we're working with her to try to roll over or wanting to get her to grab things and use her hands more or eat specifically, no TV on because she just can't help but staring at the, the colors moving around or whatever. But now she just gets so focused on things, you know, like, uh, for example, I, we have this eucalyptus plant, um, you know, uh, uh, by, by this leather chair in our living room and I'll sit with her on the leather, leather chair and she just immediately stares at this eucalyptus plant and you can put anything in front of her. You can put any toy, a bottle if she's hungry or pacifier, whatever. She does not care. She just wants me to pick her up and put her as close to this eucalyptus plant as she She's just so intrigued by it. And she doesn't care about anything else. That's what she wants to do. You know, my oldest cousin uh, just gave her this Minnie Mouse doll. And it like, you press a button on her hand and it sings or whatever. And she is just locked in. She sees that doll. It starts singing. And not only does she fucking love it, but she might have found her first full-fledged obsession. Besides my wife. But you can't pry her eyes away from it for anything. No reason at all. Once it starts singing, she just is locked in. And then even when she stops singing, she's like freaking out, trying to get to it to keep her singing. And like when she sings, like the bow on top of her head lights up or whatever. So I'm sure she's also intrigued by the lights, but she's just so locked in. You cannot pry her away from it at all whatsoever. So, you know, with that being said, my life has just kind of become listening to Minnie Mouse sing about this fucking boutique that she has. And my daughter then crying when she stops singing about the boutique. So then I have to press the button. So she keeps singing about the goddamn boutique. And it's annoying, but my daughter loves it. She just is so locked in. And it's just crazy to see that kind of maturation. And that happens so quickly. Like that's happened over the last like three, four days. You know what I mean? Where she just is honed in and focused and you can't break that focus for anything. And that was like not the case, not only for the last week, but for the last like 14 weeks before this. Um, the other thing that she's doing, which is cool, is besides just interacting with things and being focused on that, um, it leads into, that focus leads into this because she's now like kind of able to entertain herself. You know, she's able to use her hands a little bit better so she can like grab her toys and you don't have to like hold it and like shake it in front of her. She can like kind of grab it and kind of like explore it herself. And now when I say explore, I really mean that she's just trying to like shove everything into her mouth so you gotta like watch her to make sure to tag on her like the princess aurora doll yes she has a princess aurora doll um because that is her name aurora and thank you shout out shout out to to my brother-in-law's girlfriend it's her favorite fucking toy um but uh 
she you got to watch her that she doesn't like shove the tag in her mouth or whatever but like she just like wants to put it all over her face and like put it in her mouth and all that stuff but she's just like exploring all of the different parts of these toys and it's really cool because like you can kind of just leave her there and let her do her thing a little bit more and the fact that she can kind of entertain herself is even more helpful when it's the early morning time and mommy and daddy probably didn't sleep that much during the night because she was tossing and turning up, making snorting, sniffling, crying for her pacifier sounds. And so like, it's like five, six in the morning and mommy and daddy like want to get that extra like 20 to hour and a half of extra sleep. So what we do, what we've started doing now is, you know, taking her arms out of the swaddle and her bassinet and she just like is playing with them and she's just like looking at them and just noticing them and kind of just like entertaining herself with them, Um, which I also think is helping her to discover that she can use and do different things with her hands. You know, we have this snoo and it's surrounded, but that, that's the bassinet that we have. And it's the inside's like surrounded by this netting. And so like she, I, I'll look over sometimes and she's like reaching out and like, just like, touching the netting on the sides of the snoo and you know she's just kind of entertaining herself now this entertaining of herself still comes with you know her making fucking sounds so like yeah we might want to get this extra little bit of sleep but that's not really that possible because she just keeps making these these different sounds um so like we're still up but we can kind of try to fake it till we make it i guess um and these sounds have changed. You know, before it was like little cries here and there or, you know, little uh, 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 like little whines that she like wants her pacifier or whatever. Now, um, the sounds are much different. And now last week we played our first game show. That was, is this my daughter a dinosaur? Because she was just sounding like everything she did. She just sounded like a. Uh, she was auditioning to play the voice of the baby Velociraptor in the next Jurassic World movie. So Chris Pratt, you know, you're probably not listening, but if ever you listen, give me a shout. I'm, I'm telling you, my daughter could do it. She'll do it like she'll be rocking out. Anyway, um, she sounded like a dinosaur this week, especially over the last three days. She sounds like she might be a possessed zombie um, because like me and my wife have like woken up in the middle of the night. I'm talking like 3, 4 a.m. to this sound here. (laughs) Now, that might not seem like that's too crazy, but imagine waking up to that sound, that ah, 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 in the middle of the fucking night, three o'clock in the morning, you look over in the bassinet and your daughter is fast asleep, eyes closed, dead to the world, done and done. Like, it's weird man so i'm gonna ask everybody out there you know if any of you parents or future parents or just like people that are really into like ghosts and shit if you have like an exorcist that's like on call that you could like send me the number for um it's possible that i might need it very soon because it was freaky as all 
hell. This girl's just making that sound in the middle of the night, passed out asleep. Um, so, you know, I, I'm scared for my life now every time I go to sleep. Uh, I'm just joking, but not really, only kind of. Anyway, that was kind of it, man. Like, it, her maturation throughout this week has just been so rapid, so quick, and thank God she's being able to entertain herself, even if she's making exorcism sounds. You know what, baby girl, if that's what you want to do to calm your nerves and 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 let mommy and daddy sleep a little bit more, you know what, you go ahead and do it. I'll give you all the freedom in the world. Um, but yeah, that's it for week 15 of parenthood and for this the first segment of the show, I told you I'm gonna try to try to cut it down as as quickly as I can so we can get into the full interview with my man Ari Michael Lee. But this is episode 10, baby. Uh cracking double digits. It's fantastic. Um I won't say much more else, man. Let's just jump right into the interview segment with my man Ari. Uh the guy lives two thousand miles away from any family or support system. It's just like him and his wife against the world raising their I guess what six, seven month old daughter now. Um and it, it's the the way that they're handling it is like boss status. So we're gonna jump right into the interview segment of the show, guest segment of the show. And but first, you know, I gotta hit you with the musical break. So we're gonna hit the musical break quick. And right into the guest segment with my man Ari Michaeli. And you know how we do. I'll catch y'all on the other side. Peace. Oh, yeah. Let a nigga lay you on your back Give you a little kiss From your lips all the way to your navel Then play between your legs a little bit Just kissing me, got you shivering and quivering And I ain't even good on the fender with Slipping in So the best is yet to come But you already Remember back in the days Before you got blazed And lost in the haze Remember back in the times When being just a kid was fine Right, right Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways? Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun? Remember the sandbox? Little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap. And Doc was more like Benny the Jet. No handy, but yet, Pops turned we are back with this week's episode of Dad Heart with a podcast. As always, you know, when we come off that music break, it's time for the guest segment. And this week, I, uh, I'm i very excited to have this guest on that I have as seems to be usual over here. It's a very long-term and um, childhood friend, one of my closest friends in the world, also known this guy since I was like 11 years old, grew up in summer camp together. Um, and our like summer camp crew is like really weird because there's like 20 of us that are all like best friends, even though like not everybody lives in, in New York, like where I am, for example. 
the my, my guest this week is actually coming to you live from Denver, Colorado. Um, but we still stay so so fucking close. And now that like a bunch of us have kids, it like it's really awesome because now we get to share this second stage of life. And um, so I'm happy to bring on my guest, my main man Ari Michaeli. Uh, Ari, how you doing, good sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Mo. Of course, man. Um, I know you know you you and I guess Sophia, your your daughter and my daughter are actually closer in age. I know I had Chase on a, a couple weeks ago, um, and you know he's so far ahead of us. It's like we're pretty close in in, yeah, in how close our our already number are. two. Yeah, yeah, he's already number two. It's just fucking crazy. I still can't believe that. Um, but Sophia's what now? How old is she now? She's almost seven months, so I think she's about three months older than Aurora. Yeah, you were in what? Fe- no, you were in March, February, April. April. Jesus Christ, I was really off both times. But you know, hey, you know, you're in Denver. I don't, you know, I don't get to see you that often, so I'm not, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> um, but how, how's it been, man? How's the how's the first seven months? You doing solids yet? Yeah, uh, she's on solids. She's a She's a really good eater. Um, she's starting to become disinterested in the formula. Oh. Uh, and she wants the food, which is hilarious. And she's she takes she's starting to take three meals a day at this point, and she loves yogurt and vegetables. And we're trying to get her on some like meat stuff, but Ooh. she hasn't uh, hasn't quite taken to the turkey yet. Um. But she'll get there. She doesn't have any teeth, so I think the meat is a little uncomfortable for her. Yeah, I can take that. I can imagine uh, trying to eat meat with no teeth is probably pretty hard, and meat puree does not sound appetizing at all whatsoever. Yeah, it doesn't look appetizing at all. <laughs> have you tried uh, to do the meat puree? I, I did try it. It's It honestly is – it tastes okay. Uh, and I don't think she minds quite as much because she doesn't have any sort of preconceived notion about pureed meat. Whereas when you get older, you're kind of like, oh, this is like bologna, but not <laughs> assembled bologna. It's like disassembled bologna. Um, Deconstructed so bologna. That's incredible. But it, it is. I mean, it does have nutritional value to it. And again, she's not interested. She's not, not that she's not interested, but she's becoming less and less interested in the formula. So we got to get her some nutrition somehow. And For she's sure. already a pretty skinny baby. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing what we can here. She really likes the yogurt, though. So that has a lot of, you know, we've been giving her full fat yogurt. Oh, great. Um, to kind of supplement with some of the food. And nice. that's been working pretty well. Awesome. So it's not like she's going hungry. She just, you know, she's just a skinny baby. For sure. I keep saying she's like her mama. She's going to be tall and skinny and has very strong legs. Ah, well, that's that's good. Is she like standing on her own yet and stuff like that or no? Oh, yeah. Okay. Walking I mean, around or no? Stand, I mean, she's been basically standing. Like, she has no balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has the leg strength to support her body. Yeah. I mean, and she's had that for months. Yeah, Aurora's the same way. She's since, like, literally since she came out of the womb, I've been, like, trying to stand her on her feet, like, thinking that she's going to start walking, like, tomorrow. And when I say tomorrow, I meant tomorrow as in the day after she was born. Um, you know, but, like, yeah. like, I've literally been standing her on her feet the entire time. But still, like, same thing. Since very, very, very early, she's been able to hold up her weight. It's all about, like 
keeping her balance from falling over. Yeah, and she definitely does not have the balance yet. And yeah. She's just starting to get the balance to sit up on her own. Gotcha. Um, so she's getting there, you know. Cool. It's a very normal baby progression so far. For sure, for sure. We've been very lucky. Yeah, that's right. You know, when when you get lucky with like a with and and I say lucky because you hear all as and I'm sure you know, right? As you get into parenthood and fatherhood and whatever, you just like are hearing all these like crazy stories about like the intensity of like this baby has this problem and that baby has this problem and this baby has this problem. So like it really is lucky when you get when you have a a, a child that's actually progressing normally and is not like colicky or never had a problem eating or never had a problem sleeping. It becomes like less and less it seems like it's less and less common that like those babies exist versus ones that like have all of those extra things going yeah. on, I guess. So, um, cause it was the same of, way, you know, some kind of need or whatever. Right. That's a little outside, For sure. um, outside the norm. Yeah. I mean, I, we've been, I, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. We've just been very lucky. Lucky. Yeah. Um, no, it's the only way to describe it. Any problems. Yeah. It's the only way to describe it because like I said, it, it's so much more, it seems so much more common once you're a parent that there are, needs and, and special needs or, or, or things that happen, etc. Um, you know, but speaking of needs and things that happen, the reason why I really am pumped to talk to you because I think that you have such an interesting experience and a different, completely different take on fatherhood than like, say, somebody like me or, you know, most of my, the, the people I've had on the show, you know, ch- definitely different than Chase, etc. Because... You and your wife live like what two thousand miles away from any sort of family support at all whatsoever. Being out in Colorado, and their both families are back here in New York, right? Yeah, um, we actually did pick up some family uh, within the past couple months. My oh well, end the interview now. We're done. Here. We're over. Over interview done. I don't, I don't need to hear that shit. <laughs> But she's, I mean, she's out here living her own life, right? She's, For sure. you know, she's single and just not, I mean, she's not even remotely at the, this stage of life that we're at. Of course. Um, so, like, it, it, it actually has been a pretty big help to have her out here, and I'm thankful yeah. for that. Um, and it's been a support for my wife. But my wife is very, a very family-oriented person, and yeah. for her to be far away from her parents... Uh, definitely has been a challenge and for us to have that support structure from our family that isn't really here uh, it's definitely a unique position to be in when especially when you're having you know you're starting your own family Uh, especially with the first kid yeah I mean where you haven't really quite figured everything out yet or or anything right right. (laughs) yeah yeah, it's been a it's been a challenge, and there's definitely and you know me and I was listening to your your podcast with Chase, and he travels a lot for work, and so do I. Yep. Um, oh, I didn't even think lucky. about that. That must be crazy on her, also. Yeah, it's it's a lot on my wife for sure. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are days where you know where I'm gone and nights where I'm gone, and she's basically on her own um you know for the first few months um after the baby was born before my sister-in-law moved here you know i would go away for work and we would 
on occasion we would just hire like a night nurse to come in and help her out. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of having my sister-in-law come over or if we had a grandparent that could come and help out or anyone, I mean, it's been, uh, it's definitely been a challenge, but you know, we've, we've started to figure it out, I think. And, you know, it's not, it's certainly not the easiest way to raise a child. Um, but we've, you know, you have to kind of make an extra effort to develop your own community. And I, I think we've, we've started to do that. Um, one of the things we did was before the baby was born, we took this baby class called, um, Jewish baby university, <laughs> That's <laughs> which is sounds pretty fantastic. local JCC. I okay. mean, it's, it's pretty hilarious. The whole concept of it is hysterical, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, they get, I think it was a dozen couples and then everyone's pregnant and you kind of just, you go in and then the idea is to sort of create this community and a right. lot of the people that were uh, in that class are in similar situations to us where one or both of the parents do not have family locally. For sure. And... You know that's been a big help, and we've made friends with some of the uh, the families that were in that class. Uh, we do, you know, one of the things that we've been doing. Uh, they're actually over now, but we were doing swim lessons with Sophia and a couple of the other families and their babies. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just kind of have to make that extra effort to go develop your community. Yeah, and really go and really go out there and meet people, which like. What I, I mean, I've learned um, from, the, you know, this first three months of, of, of parenthood specifically is like, you know, going out and meeting people, especially for the mom, like, and especially like new people, whatever, like, that's super fucking difficult. You know, like, you don't want to like leave, the, like, you know, as a mom, like, you don't want to leave the house for the first whatever, six, eight, 10, 12, who knows? God knows how long you, you know, you want to wait before you want to even be seen in public or you feel comfortable in public. You know what I mean? Like... Um, so it's really great that like you did that beforehand, you know, and like you kind of started making that community before you actually had the kid. I think, um, we kind of waited a little bit longer than you and like, you know, it sucks for, for my wife now cause she's gearing up to go back to work, uh, in the next few weeks. And she just started to kind of like build these relationships with these new moms. Cause obviously here in New York and in Brooklyn, right? There are all these like new mom networks and similar types of things and classes where she meets people. Um, uh, but she's just now getting comfortable, like meeting these new people. And now she's going to have to go back to work. So she's like never going to talk to any of them again, you know? Um, it was really it's it's really great that that you did that out there. Did you like seek something like that out specifically, or was it just something you like came up on, or did was this that was that something that you? No, kind of... we were we definitely made the conscious decision gotcha. to seek that out because we knew. I mean, yeah. we're okay. There's no family here, and you know, granted, my you know my parents do come visit quite a bit. Um, okay, because they have a they have a place up in the mountains, and they're skiers. Um, Allison's family, they actually do come out here a fair amount. And especially now that my sister-in-law lives out here, they have both daughters and granddaughter out here. So they're probably out here like every other month. And my parents are out here, you know, I would say six, seven times a year. Okay. Um, so we do get to see them a fair amount, but it's not constant, right? It's like, you're okay. We're planning, 
you know, this week my parents are here or my wife's parents are here and, you know, it's just not a constant, it's not like you can, all right, I'm going away for work next week and my wife can call up her mom and be like, hey, can you come over and just help me with the baby for Absolutely. a night? Which is, which is crazy. Like, you know, I, I am also in a very unique situation, I feel like, not... I mean, I don't know if it's that unique, but like, you know, my wife's parents live directly across the street from us. So, you know, I know it is, it's pretty unique. Um, What's even more unique is that I fucking love them. They're like the best. You know what I mean? Like you talk to most people, I tell most people that and they're like, oh my God, how is that? Isn't that terrible? I'm like, no, like they're the fucking best. You know what I mean? Um, But like, it's so, just like you said, like if I have to go out for a night or, you know, I have to go do, do something for a date, whatever, you know, um, she can, my, my wife can just call her mom and be like, Hey, can you come over? Like when we, we were having a lot of trouble in the beginning, um, you know, the first week, like my, my mother-in-law was literally here every single morning from, you know, 8am to like 10am just so like we could get an extra couple of hours of sleep. Um, you know, the baby was sleeping, but like, she was just like sitting there like watching, the baby while while we would sleep for an extra couple of hours um how, like how did you how did you go about managing like not having that option even you know like other did you just do straight night nurse like what about like during like days and stuff like that yeah i mean we we did the night nurse um and then we for like the first week or two um after sophia was born but we also had my in-laws so my wife's parents were actually here for like the first maybe eight to ten days okay. of Sophia's life okay which that was like an ins- thank god for that because for we, sure. uh, uh, we had like the most insane situation so literally as Sophia was being born we're in the delivery room we had a pipe burst in our house oh my god so we moved out of the hospital and into a hotel while oh like, my god. <laughs> the restoration people were um were like you know, drying out our home essentially. And then we moved into a construction zone when we moved back into the house. So having my wife's parents around to help out with a lot of that and thank God for my mother-in-law because she really helped a lot, um, with the flood. (laughs) I mean, it was just a, it was a really crazy situation for the way that, that Sophia came into the world. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's talk about unique situations. That's like one of the most unique like like, birth stories I've ever heard. It was a great welcome to parenthood moment. Yeah, straight up. (laughs) But sometimes it's the best way to throw you in, right? You just jump, you gotta like get thrown into the shit head first sometimes. And like, you know, if you can get over that, like, how much worse can it like really get? You know what I mean? Or how much like how yeah, much more of a bigger I'm, issue can you start with than that? You know, I'm a big proponent of the sink or swim. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> and that for was sure. definitely like, okay, here you go. Here's the baby. Your house is flooded. Like, how are you going to manage? <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. I mean, you just figure it out. Like, yeah. you just don't you don't have a choice. You know, you just you have to just kind of grind on that stuff and all right, I got to do whatever it is I got to do to, to make this work. And, you know, we're going to move into this hotel for four days and make sure that the restoration people are getting everything done as quickly as they can get it done. Oh my God. I would have been so pissed if that was me. Like, we're gonna, were you just like running back and forth from house to hotel, house to hotel, like making sure everything was fine, then making sure the baby was fine, then making sure everything in the house was fine, then making sure everything in the baby was fine? Like, were you going back and forth a lot or were you just like 
fuck it, I'm here with the yeah, baby. Yeah, I mean, we the hotel that we stayed at was not that far from the house. Um, right, but you're in Colorado, so but, it's still a drive. Yeah, I mean, it was like a mile away. Like, it's still not that far. Okay, fine. I, mean, I love how New Yorkers are always like, oh my God, you have to drive. Like, listen, man. Like driving in Brooklyn. <laughs> no, uh, listen, man, I, 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 don't, I don't need to drive. I can just walk, you know? Right, you can walk. I mean, honestly, if I wanted to, I could have walked from the hotel back to my house. It really was not that far. I mean, a mile is... I not mean, that bad, that's walk, true. A mile for you is not that far. No, it's not that far. You guys walk more than a mile a day. That's very true. Um, I hope so. You hope so. Right? I hope so. If, not, if I'm not walking a mile a day, then what the fuck am I really doing with my life? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you're not going that far. No, you're not going that far at all. Um, but that's that, that's crazy, man. I didn't even realize that that happened. Um and that must have been just a wild situation. Did you like? Ha- did you like have to get stuff out of her, out of like her room, crib, pack and play, whatever she needed to sleep in and stuff like that? Or did you just like rent something from the hotel? Like what? How did you do the sleep situation? Um, we just had her in the bassinet in the hotel. Gotcha. I mean, you know, once they come out, they're so tiny that you can kind of sleep anywhere. It's true. Um, yeah, so we just we got one of the bassinets and. We, we put her in there in the hotel, and it was fine. I mean, honestly, like, the baby is unflappable. She is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she just, like, there was no, you know, they just have no conception of anything. It's so they're just true. like, okay, like, this is where we go. And I, you know, and when they're that young, all they do is sleep and eat and, you know, poop anyway. Like, it's true. There's no, there's not that much that you really have to do except just keep them alive. Yeah, that's you're absolutely correct. As long as you keep them alive for this stage of like parenthood, like that's what I've realized is like you're doing a good job. If they're alive, you're doing a good job. You know? Yeah, yeah. You definitely you're definitely winning if your baby is alive. Yeah, straight up. Um so what what like going back to the going back to the distance thing with your parents, what's the hardest part about that? Is the hardest part like not having like an extra person to call to come over and, and, and be a babysitter or like in those or is it just like not having that support because I can, I feel like that would be the most difficult part for like me is like not having that actual full out support system other than it's just like you two against the world, which is cool. But like, yeah, I, I think it's, I think you would get a different answer if you asked my wife. Interesting. Um, but for me, I think the hardest thing is just that, you know, I, I feel like, as Sophia grows up, she's not going to have as much contact with her grandparents. Oh, that leads me into my next question little, for you, too. Yeah, that is a little, you know, for me, that's like the hardest part about it, right? Because yeah. I want, because I love my parents. My parents are awesome. I love my in-laws. They're awesome, too. And I would love for my children to have you know, a really robust relationship with their grandparents. Of course. And I'm, you know, I'm concerned about the distance a little bit there. Uh, I don't think that it's the kind of day-to-day support. I sort of, I feel like we have that more figured out, and my wife may disagree a little bit, but... I would assume so. The truth be told is that she's on the, uh, you know, when I go away for work, it's really, it's it's her that's picking up the slack. Um, But I, you know, for me, it is the, it is just the, idea that you know my children won't get to spend as much time with their grandparents 
uh, as they otherwise would have. So, like I said, that leads I you. I think that's kind of the hardest thing. No, I I feel like that's a that's a that's a big thing also. Um, and again, going back to being lucky, like I'm very lucky that I don't have to necessarily um, deal with that with at least three of my daughter's grandparents, but. The fourth is a story for another day, um, but you, but that led, leads me into my um, into my next question for you, because um, Nat and I, right, my wife, we were talking about the other day about uh, we were at the zoo with her brother and her brother's girlfriend, and we were coming back and we were like, do you think she like recognizes Greg? Because like when we were tr- no, then we started this whole conversation about who who we think our daughter like recognizes like obviously she recognizes me and recognizes my wife and like she definitely recognizes my wife's mom like she's literally here every single day it's like the and and her dad also has now started coming every single day in the beginning he was like scared to like even like get close to her um but now he's like super involved or whatever so we think they recognize the three like the four of us but like we were talking about like my mom my mom lives in in the city but she lives far she's like an hour away from from us and she also travels a lot for work so she definitely doesn't see the baby as much as as she would like or as we would like so we're like she probably doesn't recognize my mom she probably doesn't recognize uh my wife's brother um do you like when your parents even though they come a lot your parents and in-laws do you think Sophia like recognizes them when they come I actually do think that she recognizes, to some extent, my in-laws. I'm not sure that she recognizes my parents yet. Because the in-laws um, come more often? Or do you guys do, like, she, a multitude of FaceTime? That's the other part of this, right? Is like, well, how my, do you keep contact? my mother-in-law wants to do the FaceTime. I mean, if she could follow my baby around with a FaceTime, you know, pointed at her all day, <laughs> she would do that. <laughs> Um, so there's definitely more FaceTiming, um, the most FaceTiming with my mother-in-law, no question. Um, I do think that she recognizes, I'm actually not even a hundred percent sure that my baby recognizes me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and I wake her up every morning. She absolutely recognizes my wife 100% because when I'm holding her and we're walking around the house, if my wife is present, like Sophia is looking around the room for mommy. Gotcha. I mean, just constantly, like, where's mom? Yeah, I guess. Like, I, I guess sometimes. This, I I feel like I know this guy who's holding me, but I'm looking for mom. Yeah, so sometimes I feel like that with Aurora. Sometimes it take takes her a little bit longer to like recognize who I am. You know, like sometimes like she'll see me and she'll like be a little nervous, and then like I'll smile at her. And she'll be like, "Oh, that's daddy. I got it." And then she'll start smiling. Like it takes her like a couple of seconds to recognize me. My my wife walks into the room and she's just like, "Oh, smile immediately." I'll be like holding her on the couch and. She'll just start like stop looking at me and just turn and stare at Natalie like in awe of her just like smiling. Yeah. Natalie's like watching Real Housewives of who knows what and like not even paying attention to her. And she's like st- and me. I'm like trying to like bounce her and like play with her, and she's just like staring completely away from me, just staring, smiling at Nat. Um, the mommy baby connection that is, is that just- is 100 percent a familiar yeah. situation. <laughs> I feel like all dads have that. We're watching Dancing with the Stars. Oh God! At least I don't have to deal with that. I'd rather the housewives. I, mean, I don't even know. I don't know what's worse, honestly. I don't know. <laughs> They're both pretty bad. Um, but at least with the housewives, there's drama. Um, but you no, know, I don't like the drama. Oh, I don't see, like it. I'm all about the drama. I love it. I love the drama, and my daughter loves it. She like she just started watching TV. Now she all she cares about is watching 
the TV. It doesn't matter what's on. She doesn't know the difference between Elmo and, you know, freaking the real world challenge but she just sees, yeah, exactly right she sees pictures walking on the street uh like walking on the screen and she's just like infatuated by it um so the face so the face i'm so how like how do you go about then keeping contact with your parents i guess if your mother-in-law does the facetime thing a lot whatever how do you keep in touch how do you keep that familiarity with Sophia with them so that she can recognize, et cetera. Cause like, imagine that's just like really tough. Yeah, it's definitely tough. And I, you know, I, I admittedly do not FaceTime my parents as much yeah, uh, as we FaceTime the in-laws. But, you know, I honestly, I think that at this point, Sophia is just like, she's, she really just likes people. Yeah. So when I, I'm sort of half joking that I don't, I'm not sure that she even knows who I am because she sort of has that same reaction with everybody. For sure. Like if she sees, she's not afraid of anyone. She sees people and she just like smiles at them. Yeah. Like the You're first time we had her on a plane, she was just everyone who would walk by her, like down the aisle on the plane, she'd be smiling at them. That's so cute. And yeah, she's very cute. I was taking her on the plane. How many times have you been back to? Two questions. How many times have you been back to New York? I know I saw you. One time when you guys came back a month or so ago, that whatever. The, that was the only time so far. Gotcha. We'll come back. I was taking her on that flight. Um, she was fine on the flight. She, she, I mean, she, you know, fussed a little bit, but for the most part, she just slept. Um, yeah. Did you schedule yeah, it like around that, her sleep and feeding times and stuff? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes, we did actually. No, I, uh, I, I hear like me. you have to do that. You know, we're planning yeah, to go I mean, out that's, to that's, LA in January. So we're trying to, I'm trying to like figure all that stuff out now. Um, but I hear like, that's what you yeah, have to I mean, do. I would you go early in the morning if you can. Just, yeah. You know, cause they're, you know, I, I don't know how your baby is, but my baby is better in the morning. So if you can get on the flight in the morning, she's better behaved. Uh, my baby just like sleep. She like wakes up. So she's been sleeping really well. She'll sleep till like seven, eight o'clock, wake up, eat and immediately want to go back to sleep. Um, yeah, that sounds fairly similar to what's going on in our house too. It's, 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 it's the craziest thing. She'll be up for literally 14 minutes and then just start like rubbing her eyes to go back to sleep and like, we'll have to go put her back down. Um, which is great. Like we get a little bit of time to like relax and drink a coffee. That's not room temperature, but you know, <laughs> I think as she gets older, you'll start, she'll be awake more. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was kind of, you know, probably three months ago. That was probably the, uh, you know, the similar situation where she would wake up, eat, and go pretty much straight back, to, back sleep. to sleep, like, within 20 minutes or a half hour or so. But now, like, she wakes up, she'll eat, she'll be up for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, and then she'll go back to sleep. Word. That's, I, mean, I, guess, I guess that's the baby life, right? Um, yeah. Have you have you hit the, uh, um, what do they call it, the four-month sleep regression yet? I God, I hope I don't have to hit that. I don't know. She's oh she's God. starting You're... to get there. <laughs> I think she's starting to get there a little bit. The last like three nights, I've been up like because I still she still sleeps in the bassinet next to the bed. Um, we're still like too petrified to go and put her in her own room. Um, uh, we're just put like, her in her own room, man. Don't or do. Do it. Put uh, her in her own room. Do it right now. Do it tonight. 
Fine. I guess I, I guess I'm gonna try it. We're like petrified. We like don't even. We're so bad. We don't even like put her for naps in her crib yet. Like we like maybe do like one nap and then we like hear her cry once. We're like, okay, you're ready to get up. Let's go. She's been down for four minutes. You know. Um. But like, she she still sleeps next to me. And the last few nights, like three nights in a row, I've been up at like three four in the morning, where we've been putting her down at like seven, and then she'll like start stirring at like three, four in the morning. And I'm just like, no, 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 I'm not, daddy's not getting up with you right now. I'm just going to put this pacifier back in your mouth. I'll like, I like put my hand on her chest while I'm like half asleep and just like, then fall back asleep with my like hand on her chest or whatever. Um, and then she like goes I, back to sleep, but she's like stir, she's like up, like sniffing and moving and crying a little, not like crying, but like, yeah, just making noises. Yeah. Every like four, last night it was like every 10 minutes from like four to five. And then she finally fell back asleep at five. And then again, from like six to seven, um, she did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, like you might every be going minutes. through it right now. Ugh. I remember when we went through that, it was pretty similar. She's like, she'll go to sleep. And she'll go to sleep for about four hours and then she'll be up, you know, fairly consistently for the yeah. next four hours. Like Ugh. she'll be sleep for 20 minutes, up for 20 minutes, sleep for 20 minutes, up for 20 minutes. Ugh, you're ruining like, my entire, entire life right now. Ari. I like, can't, but I don't worry, so... man. It, oh, it only lasts for a week or two. Oh, good. So hopefully and this then once is that you week. get through that. Uh, and once you get through that, honestly, put her in her own room and just let her sleep. Okay. That's my advice. This Good. is my advice to fathers out there. Good. Well, <laughs> put you know, the baby, well, put the baby in his or her own room and just let them sleep. Once you get through the four month sleep regression, there's if you train them to sleep, they will sleep. Interesting. See, we, we I, like I said, we have to start doing that. We're just like so. We just like want to like be. I don't know. We're still like petrified and like nervous and like anxious. Like my wife is still like wake up, wake me up in the middle of the night and like, babe, how is she? Is she okay? Is she okay? Is she breathing? She hasn't like done anything. <laughs> For, for a while like have you like how would you know you've been asleep for four hours I've been here like listening to her snort for 17 minutes in a row and it's three o'clock in the morning um but we need to do that but I guess since you were already giving advice I'll jump to to, to my advice question you know obviously I always ask there are two big questions that I always ask everybody that comes on and I guess I'll start with with the advice portion of this like what is your biggest advice to future fathers or new parents or, you know, really I'm being selfish and just asking for advice for myself. So what's your, I mean, is that your biggest piece of advice is just start <laughs> sleep training, like putting them in their own room like now? I mean, that's sort of a micro piece of advice, I guess, would be once you get through the four month uh, sleep regression, sleep train your baby, put them in their own room and let them sleep. Uh, but I think my more macro piece of advice, and this is, again, sort of goes back to the um, the situation that my wife and I are in where we don't have any family here, um, I would say you really like develop that relationship with your wife. Just, gotcha. That is, yeah. I can't even stress how important that is. Yeah. Like that unit, like the, the team that you're on is, it is you and your wife and you're raising this baby and eventually the baby will grow up and become, you know, part of the team. Of course. But Focusing on the marriage, and even if you're not married, um, focusing on the relationship between, you know, mom and dad is, to me, that has been like the most important thing. So, what type of stuff um, are you doing? There's, 
whatever you stuff are you doing to maximize that relationship like as much as you can i guess like that and especially since you don't have parents to to be babysitters because for me i don't even know what it's like to hire a babysitter i just call my mother-in-law and she'll just run over um you know but uh, what are you doing we have we have found a babysitter to like hire um and she's been great so far she's only come a few times but it's been fine and the babysitter doesn't even do anything at this point. Like, we put Sophia to sleep, and the babysitter sits there and watches TV, and, you know, while we go out, and then we come back early anyway. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> we're too tired. Uh, right. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any, like, specific things to say. Like, you just, you know your wife or your husband or your partner or whatever better than than I do. And, like, whatever it takes to further develop that relationship, you know, the one thing I would say is, constant communication about what you need and what they need and to make sure that to the best extent possible that those needs are met um that it's it's just super important because i think that if if you have a if you have a solid mom and dad base here then that really translates to a you know a good situation for the baby to be in and I think the baby ultimately picks up on that. And, you know, one of the things that I've been going over, you know, personally is trying to think, all right, like I have two brothers and my parents did a pretty goddamn good job of raising me and my brothers. Like, what did they do right? And clearly one of the things that they did right is the two of them always seemed to be on the same page when we were growing up. And I, I don't know that that was a conscious decision by my parents to do that or if they just did that and that's kind of how it worked out. Um, but that seems to me to be a very, very important piece of raising a kid is having the two parents that are, you know, on the same page, understand that what needs to be done to keep everybody happy, um, meeting everyone's needs. I mean, that just seems to me to be the most important thing right now. For sure. I mean, it makes it makes makes sense, right? And especially in your situation where it is, I mean, listen, in any situation when you're raising a kid, it is mom and dad against the world. You know what I mean? Because, you know, in-laws or your parents or grandparents or aunts, uncles, nephews, nieces, whoever the fuck, you know, like everybody's always trying to put on, um, always trying to give you their opinions and their advice and all that type of stuff. I actually had my buddy Patton on. Um, the, on the show and he he's about to have his kid and like what we talked about a lot in that conversation was that he everybody is always trying to give you advice on how to raise your kid or tell you how you should be doing it or what you shouldn't be doing and I think that the most important thing like 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 you said it, it's always going to be you, mom and dad against the world because you know it's all about what the two of you believe and how the two of you want to go about doing it and like fuck everybody else in your situation a little bit different it's not necessarily fuck everybody else it's just it's just that it is only you two that are there but i 100% agree with you that like you know all that's to say is that i was i definitely agree that being on the same page and having a a tight tight unit between mom and dad is like super 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 important like it's fucking paramount yeah i mean i i that to me has become pretty clear um if you can if you can keep that unit tight i think that is sort of the foundation of the 
the whole thing. Like you got to make sure the foundation is solid. For sure. hundred percent. Um, so then the last question, I flipped it on you this time. I usually do the reverse order, but this time, uh, your favorite thing or favorite experience thus far about being a father, being a parent, fatherhood in general, etc. So I know you've been asking this question to everybody. I ask it to everybody. I actually, I actually put some time into thinking about the answer. Let's this. go. Um, <laughs> and it's going to sound I don't know if this is going to come off as selfish. I certainly don't mean it to be, but it, there's no question that having the baby has made me a better person. Interesting. Like I am more thoughtful, I think, uh, less selfish. And I've realized that like, I just don't have patience at this point for people who are selfish. That's the biggest thing ever. Um, having Not having patience for other people that aren't, like, your wife or kid is, like, the biggest thing that happens to you when you become a parent. Like, you just don't give a shit about anybody else. And, like, what they're – sorry. Not to go off on a tangent. Yeah, but I mean, it's I, not it that just, I don't give a shit about anybody. No, I'm saying, like, like – <laughs> I, I didn't mean I, it like I that. But, yes, have, the patience for other people's bullshit. Especially for, like – Especially for selfishness, like for I, sure. I can't, I can't handle that anymore. I've like ejected selfishness from my for life. Hundred sure. percent. Um, I, I really, I really feel like having a kid has made me a better person. And you know, I've been on this kind of, you know, thought process of okay, like what, you know, what can I do to make sure that my baby just has every opportunity and has a good life and. I think thinking about that, and I know my wife has been the exact same way. Yeah. Um, you know, having a kid really has just made us better people. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's great. Because you're, because you're just thinking about, it's no longer about you, you know? Yeah, for sure. And once you, once you reach that place, um, it really does, it changes your life completely. And I think for the better. Uh, hun- so I mean, 100%. If you're, uh, if you're married out there and you, you and your wife are questioning whether or not to have a baby, have the baby. <laughs> well, not all all people that are questioning having the baby should be having the baby. Let's get that straight. But yes, having a baby is the fucking no, best thing ever. Married couples. If you're married or you're in a serious relationship or whatever. I mean, Chase was, you know, how long was Chase like hounding all of us to have kids? Uh, well, three years apparently because <laughs> you and I didn't have them until Lila was three. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So that's what I'm saying. I think he was right. No, I, I agree. I, I 100% agree. That's why I do this, right? Is because I, I agree with you. I think that having the baby has changed my life for the better um, and is hopefully making me a better person, whether my wife agrees with that or not. Who the hell knows? Um, you yeah, know, maybe I don't know if my wife agrees. Yeah, right. <laughs> but listen, as, as long as we think that, then, you know, we're winning. You know, that, that's all that really matters. Um, but I think I, I agree with you. I think that having a, having a child, it, it really does put you on the back burner and it actually teaches you how to put yourself on the back burner. Um, especially for people who like aren't naturally inclined to be a selfless or to think about other people before themselves, which is probably 90% of people in the world, right? Probably myself included, yeah, probably yourself you, you included. You grow up your whole life just kind of, you know, all right, I got to take care of me. I got to take care of me. And to some extent, right. like your parents sort of instill that in you, right? Yep. Like they want you to grow up to be an independent person and that's a good thing. Yep. And then you get to a certain point and you're like, all right, now, you know, I'm going to 
flip that around and give that back and I want someone else to grow up to be an independent person. For sure. Baby. For sure. Well, man, Ari, this has been fantastic. Um, I, I really love that I got that I was able to get you on and talk about that perspective from like because it's just always and I think I told you this when I when I asked you to come on is that like it's just been a, I actually been thinking about you so much and every time like my, my in laws come over I just think dude I, I'm serious I think about you so much um uh, because like every time my in laws come over and I'm like even if they like just like pop by like my my father in laws had this thing recently where he just will like. Like it's the one time where like my wife and daughter are like out and I have like 15 minutes to myself, right? And I just like get to relax and I'll hear the the buzzer on the door go off and I'll just know that it's my father-in-law. I love him, but like, you know, I need that 15 minutes for my own sanity. But so at whatever, I always just revert to like think about you. I was like, you know what? I'm lucky that he's coming over and that they want to be so involved. Even if I'm not, I don't want to necessarily deal with it myself right now. It's just so such a blessing that that I have that support system um because like people like you that are two thousand fucking miles away don't and it, it, i i saw I, like i said i've just been thinking about you and your situation um a lot lately and so i'm I'm pumped that I was able to get you on and we were able to talk about it a little bit well, i hope I, that I hope that anybody I else really listening in your situation you, uh, learns. you having me on here What's for that? sure. I said, I hope anybody else that's listening that is in your situation or could potentially be in your situation, um, you know, get something out of out of listening to your to your side of it, because I think it's a, it, important and it's something that people don't think about um, when they move so far away from their family or their family moves so far away from them. You know, like I have another buddy who's going to come on who just moved out to L.A. His whole family and his wife's family are in Long Island and Connecticut and they just moved out to L.A. because his wife's a doctor. So like I'm going to have him come on and talk talk about it as well. Like he, he was talking to the other day. It's like a complete mind fuck. It's a complete switch up of everything. Um, I just imagine it's so difficult. So um, I'm pumped that you yeah. guys are doing well. Sophia's fucking awesome. You and Allison are awesome. Yeah, um, I know. I really appreciate you having me on, man. Sure. And I just, I want to say, like, one of the things that I've realized, that I've come to realize in life is that, you know, a lot of people talk a big game and there are not a lot of people that actually do stuff. And you're, you doing this stuff right now is so awesome. And I really think that, I know I've gotten you know, I've gotten positive stuff out of your podcast so far. I appreciate it. I'm super thankful that you had me on and I'm, I cannot tell you how awesome I think it is that you're doing this. Um, and I really hope that there are dads out there that get something out of this. And I know that I have, and I'm sure that more people will. And you're a doer, man. (laughs) I, I cannot, I cannot tell you how much I respect doers versus talkers. I I appreciate it, man. I because I do also my fair share of talking. So you know, you do, you do your fair share of talking. There's no question about it. But you've turned your talking into doing. I, I guess that's true, that. right? Um, but yeah, yeah man, I, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you like got something out of it. That's why I decided to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's me getting some, I get something out of it every week. You know what I mean? Every time that I talk to somebody different, um, whether they're ahead of me or behind me in the parenting spectrum, I just get something so I get so much out of it and just a different perspective. Um, and, and it's been just a blessing for me that like I had the idea and I guess a blessing that I decided to actually go and do it. Um, and I, and I love that I'm able to get people like you on, whether it's friends or whether it's, you know, 
friends that I haven't talked to in a while or, you know, random people that I have on that are also dads that just want to connect in this, in this fatherhood brotherhood, as I call it. Um, it's been a real blessing and I love it. It's been, been fantastic. So I'm happy that you, that, that you're enjoying it and you, and, and you like it, you know? I do. And thank you, Mo. You're doing a good job. For sure. I appreciate it, Ari. Um, we're gonna, we'll cut there. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed the episode talking to my man Ari. Um, you know, if you wanna you know, get, as always, connect on the fatherhood brotherhood, shoot us over an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Uh, hit up the Instagram. I'm starting to put up more things. My wife is getting a little bit more lenient about putting baby pictures on. So, you know, we'll have a little bit more content going up there. So that's the dadhardpod on Instagram. And, you know, I guess we'll, uh, we'll see you all again next week. I appreciate it. And, uh, that's all for us. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember man. back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. Talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking.